Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed for the gospel obeyed the gospel for Isaiah saith Lord who hath believed our report so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God but I say have they not heard yes verily they their sound went into all of the earth and their words unto the ends of the world but I say did not Israel know first Moses saith I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation will I anger you but Isaiah was very bold and saith I was found of them that sought me not I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me but to Israel he saith all day long I have stretched forth my hand unto an obedient and gainsaying people amen let us pray Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for what you are doing. I thank you that we get to be a part of it. Uh, Lord, I thank you that uh, uh, we are insignificant. We are nothing, Father, but you are, are everything, Lord. And we just come humbly before you, knowing that we're not able to preach this morning. And Lord, knowing that the, our, the congregation here is not able to, to receive your word, Lord, without you. And so I pray that you would come and take control of this message. Speak to the hearts, Lord, those that don't know you. Would you show them their need of salvation uh, this morning? Father, those that do know you, would you show them what they need to do in their lives? God, may we go away edified, I pray in Jesus' name, and amen. You can be seated. I don't think this is an overstatement or an exaggeration, uh, but this what we're talking about could be the next level at the Sandhill Church. Um, and I think we need to readjust our thinking. That's kind of what we talked about in Sunday school, but we need to readjust our thinking uh, as to how we do church, okay? And we, we have worked, I think everybody knows this is not a secret, but we have worked really, really hard around here uh, for, for a long time now, but especially the last few years, we have worked really hard to put the emphasis on learning the Word of God. Amen? Everything we do is about learning the Word of God. You know, we're just, we're just constantly pouring into you guys, uh, church on purpose, learning the Word of God. And that is important. We're not backing up on that. We're not changing that. We're not taking that away. Uh, that is to be the priority. You can't really read the Bible and not understand that that's what is important, that we learn the Bible, what the Bible says. Uh, but now we need to understand following the Spirit. 
And that's what we want to talk about this morning, following the Spirit. So it's great to know what the Bible says, amen? We need, we need proper doctrine. We need to understand what God says and how He wants us to live. Uh, but we also have to understand uh, that this book cannot be understood with mere uh, intelligence. It's, it's not just an intellectual book. It is a, a live book, Amen. It is an alive book, and, and, it, and it requires the Holy Spirit to understand what the Bible says. So, so biblical preaching is knowledge plus uh, your heart. In other words, if we're just up here giving you facts, we're not doing preaching right. We need not only to preach uh, what the Bible says, but we also need to engage the spirit uh, that, that you might understand what, what we're being taught. And, and this is kind of a two-part thing. We're going to get into the text here just in a second, but it's kind of a two-part thing. Uh, the preacher needs to preach with the spirit. Amen. That, that is not um, how loud his voice is, how high he jumps, how much he screams, or if his voice quivers. Uh, that is, is the spirit in what he is saying. Because if the spirit is in what he is saying, it can open the eyes of those that are listening. Again, it's not just a lecture like you would go and hear in a worldly uh, setting where you're finding information. We are trying to change your life. Right? So it requires the spirit in the preaching. So the preacher has to get to the place where he recognizes, I am inadequate to change their hearts. You know, I can study the Bible and I can teach you what the Bible says. But do you guys realize that that's not nearly enough to have church? That's not enough to have church. And I can, I can spend the rest of my life teaching you guys the Bible and, and I think we've learned a lot of Bible here, and, and, and I can die and go to my grave, and we can say, boy, we really know the Bible. But does anybody agree with me that's not enough? It's not enough. And we're going to try and learn this morning why that is not enough, but the preacher has got to preach with the Spirit, and if he does, it will change lives. And I would, I would uh, challenge you that the evidence that a preacher is preaching with the Spirit is that there are changed lives. And if there's not changed lives, no matter how high he jumps or how loud he screams, he's not preaching in the Spirit because the Spirit's going to change your life. But not only is there the need for the preacher to preach in the Spirit, but how many of you know that this is a two-sided coin? We need a congregation that is filled with the Spirit, right? So not only do I have to preach in the Spirit, in other words, if I get up here and I don't have the Spirit and I'm just teaching you something the Bible says, that's not going to work. But if I get up here and I'm preaching in the Spirit, but you don't have the Spirit ruling in your life, it'll probably just be information to you, but it's not going to be life-changing. And see, here's what, we, this, here's what we're trying to get to. Your life is never going to change without the Spirit of God. It's just that simple. It, it really is just that simple. So we look back at this, at this text, and really the amazing text is some really powerful things here. And a lot of these scriptures are very uh, um, familiar to us. But it says, uh, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is a very strong, clear statement uh, that, that, uh, that the way you get saved is to call upon the name of the Lord. And that is literally just saying that you come to a place where you understand that salvation is in Jesus Christ. And you call upon him. You, 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 you understand your need for him and you and you give your life to him but then it goes on to say how would you know to do that 
You know, we live in a day today, today, and you know, I think it's challenging, but I think it's also interesting. But we, we talk about so much, we have a lot of people who come in and they don't even realize that they're lost. We witness the people out on the street and we say, you're going to heaven? Oh, sure, I'm going to heaven. Everybody's a Christian. Everybody's going to heaven. And so here's the thing. How are those people going to know they're not going to heaven? You know, it's not going to be by a good argument. It's going to be by the Lord showing them that they're lost. Can, can, I, can I get you guys just to, to, you know, a lot of you here were raised in church. Some of you weren't. But can I just, can I just get you guys to work with it just a minute? How many of you can remember? I was just a little boy. But how many of you can remember when the Holy Spirit revealed to you you're lost? Can anybody remember that? Anybody remember that? You're lost. You're going to go to hell. Yeah, I've said this many, many times, uh, but, but Rachel was in my arms. She was three years old. She looked over at me and she said, Daddy, I don't want to go to hell. Can we pray? He said, That's, she's too little to understand. Well, it's been a long time ago. She seemed like she understood, right? And she's never turned back. What's the point? The Holy Spirit reveals you're lost. Right? Does it not make sense to anybody else that if the Holy Spirit reveals to you that you're lost, that the Holy Spirit also has to reveal to you after you get saved, you're wrong? Right? So it's the Holy Spirit. It's not the preacher. It's not even Bible knowledge. It is the Holy Spirit. So it says that you cannot call upon him. Uh, We go down into verse 14 and it says, how are they going to call on them and whom they have not believed? Uh, To believe is to be uh, convinced or persuaded that it is true. How are they going to do that? And And then it goes on to say, how will they believe in whom they have not heard? Here's an interesting thing about this text. And how should they hear without a preacher? So the Bible has a lot to say about preaching, and we're not going to run into all that. That's not what the message is about this morning. But it has a lot to say about You know, it talks about the foolishness of preaching. God said, I use the foolishness of preaching to get people saved. But the foolishness of preaching in the Spirit of God keeps people from going to hell. And the foolishness of preaching in the Spirit changes people's lives. See, preaching in the Spirit is God's plan for the church. And this verse here makes that very clear, along with many, many other verses in Scripture. But here's a very interesting thing, kind of the the crux of the message this morning. Uh, The word here, it says, uh, and, and, and... and they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? And, and then it goes uh, on down to, to speak about, uh, so faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If we look that word up in the Greek, uh, that word uh, literally means understanding. So how will they understand without a preacher? And, 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 and how will they understand without the spirit so so this is this is a reference here and we go on down past that where it speaks about israel not uh, um not receiving the messiah why did israel not receive the spirit they didn't understand you guys getting this they, they didn't understand so the hearing that it is referring to is the understanding the way that you're supposed to understand clearly it says here from is from the preaching the way the preaching has helped you to understand is is by the spirit so the way you guys are going to understand is by the preacher preaching in the spirit and you listening in the spirit and it will change our lives does that make sense to you guys 
All right? So, so if you understand that, uh, let's look at our hearing problem. I thought, um, point number one, we have a hearing problem. As you see the title of the, of the, of the message, Hearing Aid, there are several of us in this church who have problems hearing. I'm being one of them. Um, it's really inconvenient a lot of times when you can't hear. A lot of things, times things are said and, and you don't really under, you don't know what was said. You don't understand it. A lot of times there's conversations going on or someone's trying to tell you something and, and, and you really just don't know what they said. But how many of you have ever noticed this? I have noticed this with some people, and, and, and some of you probably say you've noticed this about me, but, but I've noticed this about some other people uh, observing them. I have noticed people who don't hear, and they don't know they don't hear. In other words, someone's saying, some, someone's calling your name, someone's talking to you, someone's trying to have a conversation, you never even turn your head. You never even recognize there's anybody even talking. And, and then I've talked to some of these people and they say, well, I, I think I hear good. Well, everybody else knows they don't hear good, but they think they hear good. Are you guys seeing the spiritual application here? We have people in church who say, I hear just fine. I understand everything the Bible says and I do it. But you don't realize you're not really hearing. You're not really understanding, right? So we need, uh, we have a hearing problem. So let, let's just take a little bit of time to address uh, how a lack of hearing affects us. And this has been somewhat uh, eye-opening for, for myself, but, but I've preached for a long time. I have complained for a long time. We don't see our own sin. I, I've complained about that for a long time, and it's kind of baffled me for a long time, but I can preach on exactly what you are doing, and you will say, Pastor, that was a great message. I'm glad I don't do that. And I've always just like, what is wrong with me that you guys can't understand this? And what is wrong with you that you can't understand that you're doing this wrong? But how many of you know that we have a great capability of, of uh, uh, justifying ourselves and not seeing our sin? Does anybody know the cure for that? The Spirit. The Spirit has to open your eyes and allow you to see. And so we have that problem of not hearing, and we have that here at Sand Hill. And let me, let me say this about, about this real quickly. I think we're at a great place at Sand Hill. I, I think that God is doing great things. I think we have great people at Sand Hill. I, I think for the most part, almost everybody here, we don't have a rebellious group of people who are resisting the Word of God. We have people here who love Jesus, who are coming to church because they want to know about God, and they want to learn from the Bible, and they want to do what God says. So I don't think we're talking about a rebellious bunch of people. But even with you good people that go to Sand Hill, who love the Lord, who are coming here to learn, still sit here and say, nope that's not me there's only one way to fix that see I beat my head against the wall for a long time thinking it was my fault because I don't communicate well and I know I'm not a great speaker but here's what God said you're never going to convince them I have to convince them but I have got to sit here and watch a few times, especially of late when, when the light bulb comes on. You say, oh, you mean I've been doing that? <laughs> yeah, you've been doing that, right? But the Spirit has to reveal that to you, and you'll not see it until he does. <clears throat> we talked about this on Wednesday night, uh, but, but it is astonishing to me how I preach uh, the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And some of you have heard the same message 10, 12, 15 times. And then one day you'll say, wow, that's amazing. 
Never heard that before. That was so good. And I'm thinking, really? <laughs> what was that? It was the Spirit. Is anybody getting this? It's the Spirit. For the first 12 times you heard it, there was you weren't in the Spirit. When the Spirit opened your eyes, you said, I got it, right? And that's happening a lot right now at Sand Hill. It's a very exciting time because a lot of you are having your eyes open. And after many years in church, you're all of a sudden changing. And that is so exciting. But here's what I want to say. It isn't just, it isn't just that we're promoting the Bible. It is that the Spirit is opening our eyes to see, hey, there's something wrong with me. I need to change. So, so, so we, we get that uh, um, uh, messages over and over and over again. And the reason we don't get them is because we don't understand <clears throat> the definition of faith, I think this is kind of important. It says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By the way, just as, as a short little rabbit trail, but if you and I were writing the Bible, wouldn't we write something different? I, I mean, I, I've read this text for years, but, but Charles, if I, was, if, I was, if I was writing the Bible, I would say faith cometh by going through hard times. Right? Isn't that what you'd write? I would write, faith cometh by, you know, um, really trusting God whenever things are bad. I would write a lot of it. But God said, faith comes from listening to preaching. <laughs> Let's listen to preaching. How do you listen to I mean, it's, Lord, it's when I went through all those hard times. That's how you get faith. Everything has to do by, you know, what we, and God said, no, faith comes by hearing the word of God. But here, here's an interesting thing. The definition of this word faith in the, in the Greek is, uh, is a conviction. It, it is believing something. Uh, do we understand there's a, there's a difference between believing and believing? There's believing the facts, and then there's getting it in your heart. You die for it. And so what this is saying is that conviction, that deep down in your heart, knowing it's true, you give your life for it, that comes from the preaching in the Spirit. And let me let you guys in a little hint. Maybe everybody here disagrees with that and thinks, no, that's not where we get it. How many of you know we don't get a say? God says, right? God says, you know, we, you know, we, we like to say a lot of things that we think, but God says, no, the way you get faith is by the preaching of the word in the spirit. So, so it's it's laid out pretty clear for us <clears throat> what uh, the the way that we we gain understanding, the way we gain faith, the way we believe. It, it is all centered around the use of the preaching of the word of God in the spirit. <clears throat> so after so here, so we don't understand what we're supposed to do. Um, we we first we we hear things and we don't even get them, and then then. Brother Richard uh, is becoming famous for his saying because, because uh, I really like it. Uh, but Brother Richard says, what does that look like? You know, I think there's honestly some people here in, in this church who, who have come to a place where they understand what God says and they say, I don't know how to do that. I've been there. Has anybody else been there? This is what God says. I'm not sure how to do that. And, and, and so 
How are we going to figure that out? Now, I understand sometimes we need more information. Sometimes we need clarification. I, I get that. I, I understand that. And I'm not taking away from that. But how many of you know when you finally come to a place where you understand what God wants, you still need the Spirit to help you understand how to do it? Right? So, first off, we don't even see our sin. Secondly, we hear things over and over and we don't get them. And then we finally get it and we don't understand how to do it. We need the Spirit. And then... Um, how many of you know that once God shows me, okay, here's how you live that out. He opens my eyes and says, this is how you live it out. How many of you know now I have everything I need? I know how to do it. I understand it. I comprehend it. I get it. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. How many of you can admit at that point you still say, I can't? <laughs> I can't. Hey, have you guys ever heard anything preached or have you guys ever been faced with anything in the Bible and you said, Lord, I get what I'm supposed to do. I can't do that. You know what that is? We need the Spirit. We need the Spirit. And, you know, we can, we can list many, many things, but there, let, let me assure you, there are many, many, many commands in here that are completely impossible for you to live. You cannot do it. I don't care how hard you try, how hard you work, what you do, you cannot do it. But God can through you, right? Um, uh, we, we throw around loving your enemy kind of casually, but you know that's not possible. If it's truly your enemy... You can try all day long. You can say, I love them and grit your teeth and hate their guts. But the truth is to really have a genuine love in your heart for someone that you very much don't like will require the spirit. Are you guys with me? You can't do that on your own. And some of you have faced, and praise God, we see this happening at San Hill, and it's very, very exciting, and, I, and it is very exciting for me. But some of you are facing what I would call a personality change, where you say, all of my life I've done this, I've had this character, I, you know, I had a temper, I had a mouth, I had an attitude, I had a this or I had a that, and God is changing who you are. Do you know that's not by you trying, that is by the Holy Spirit making you something different than you are? And what I'm just trying to show you guys is that's the only hope we have in the future. We can't do this without the Holy Spirit changing us. It'll take it from the preacher preaching it in the Spirit. It'll take you guys listening in the Spirit. It is the only hope we have. We are not able to live it. Just simply can't. So we have a hearing problem. And I've tried to draw you the picture that this applies to the Sand Hill Church this doesn't apply to the bunch of people who don't love Jesus and who don't care about God and who are just really bad people. This applies to people who love Jesus with all of their heart and want to be what God wants them to be. And I believe I'm looking at a congregation that love Jesus and want to do what God wants. And as great as you people are, I think some of the greatest people I've ever been around in, in all my Christianity is these people sitting right here this morning. As great as you people are, can I just challenge you as your pastor... None of you can do what I'm preaching unless the Spirit takes over. You just can't do it. You can't, you can't live it. And we, listen guys, we got we to gotta get past trying harder. We got to get past working more at it. I'm going to bite my tongue and grit my teeth and try to control my attitude and try to not be mean and try to have a pretty attitude. And what will, that, what will happen after a while? It'll still come out, right? <laughs> Brother Darren, remember, the, remember, remember Yosemite Sam, and he says, if you don't lose your temper, you get all this money, right? Remember that? And then he beat him over, 
okay. And they beat him. Okay, and he did that so long. And then finally, what did he do? He exploded. That's how we are without the Holy Spirit. Some of you don't know who New Civity Sam is. But anyways, uh, but anyways, uh, Kevin, you know who he is, right? Right. He, he, he lost his temper. What's the point? He was trying really hard. We see Christians trying to do what's right, but after a while, you're going to show up and you're going to pop out. But when the Holy Spirit changes you, you can become a different person. Does anybody believe that? You can become someone you are not now. So, Let's look at how to turn on the hearing aid. So if you can't hear, they have, they have uh, things that will help you to hear, to help you uh, be able to hear. And, and, and I don't mean to be irreverent. I'm just trying to give an a illustration you guys could understand. Uh, but I'm telling you, we need a holy hearing aid because we have a hearing problem. I'd like to read a little bit of scripture. I, if you'll bear with me, I know it's a little bit lengthy, but I want you guys to understand this is not Gary. This is the Bible. I, I'm assuming Josh will have all this on screen. I will try to read it quickly, but I want you to understand this. So... We could, we could go around, we get all kinds of different opinions about the Spirit of God. We can go to all different denominations and get all kinds of different opinions about God, about the Spirit of God. We could, we could all say, well, this is what I think the Spirit of God is. But how many of you know Jesus gets to say what the Spirit of God is? My opinion doesn't really matter. It's what Jesus said. And Jesus said some such clear things. As I read this, I thought, this is so clear. But we, we argue and fight about it all the time. But Jesus just made this really clear. So he's getting ready to go back to heaven, John chapter 14. He's getting ready to go back to heaven. He says, I'm going to leave. I'm going to send you a comforter. Uh, um, he's going to replace me, if you will. And, and, and let me just say this, and I don't mean to confuse anybody, but I, I, in my brain this, this really helps. Do you understand that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of of God. It is the spirit of Jesus. I think we, we sometimes make it so different, but Jesus said, I'm going away physically and I am coming back spiritually. We guys have that. So it, it, I, th I think sometimes we get it so confusing, but it is literally the spirit that replaced Jesus. So Jesus said, when that spirit comes back, verse number 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So we know that the Holy Spirit lives in us if we're Christians and the world cannot have what we have. So, so, so a sinner can come out here every single time the doors are open. They can listen to everything we say. We can teach them the Bible. Intellectually, they might know a lot of facts, but how many of you know they can never understand this book? It's not possible. Because it said the spirit of truth is in the Christians, but it's not in the world. So then it says, verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, from the, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, whatsoever things I have said unto you, uh, let me ask you this. Who said the book of Ephesians? Was it Paul or was it Jesus? It was Jesus. Who said, you know, Thessalonians, who said that? Notice what he said is, whenever the Spirit comes back, he's going to show you, he's going to teach you what I said, and what I said is the Bible. And, and, and there's really no way to interpret it any differently than that. So then we drop into uh, chapter 16, still same thing, Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit come back. He says, nevertheless I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart I will send him unto you. And, he, and when he has come he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, on righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more of judgment because the prince of the world is judged. 
I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you in all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whosoever he shall hear, but whatsoever ye shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will shew you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and he shall shew it unto you. So this scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is what is going to reveal that we're lost. It's going to reveal to the world that they are lost, that they need, to, that they need a Savior. But then it also says it's going to reveal to us the truth uh, that God wants us to have. So here's the thing, people. Uh, here's the thing. The Holy Spirit, controversial subject in church, a lot of different opinions about a lot of things. But when we boil it all down, it doesn't ever say all the things we think it's going to say. I challenge any of you to go through the Bible and make the Holy Spirit a lot of things you think it is. Do you know what the Holy Spirit is? Jesus very plainly said, no wiggle room here. He's coming to teach you. He's coming to teach you. You know, you say, well, speaking in tongues and slaying spirit and all that there. And and that's a whole other subject for a whole other day. Uh, But but here's what I was saying. You know, I don't believe that. And and I I don't think that's that's good doctrine. But but if you believe it, here's what Paul said. So if you believe that that's why the Holy Spirit has come, here's what Paul said very clearly. This This is clear in Scripture. That is the least in the church. He said, anyone who's prophesying, doing that, that is, raise that gift up. Those who are speaking in tongues, that is the least thing. So if you think the Holy Spirit's just here to help you speak in tongues, then, then that is making the Holy Spirit the least thing in the church. If you follow that argument, does that make sense to anybody? But Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is coming to teach you, to teach you. So we want to learn the Bible, and we're working very hard to learn the Bible, and we come out to church to learn the Bible. And here at Sand Hill, we're trying to teach you guys the Bible. But now we're learning that teaching you the Bible is not enough. It will require the Holy Spirit to reveal to you how you're supposed to live. So it takes the Holy Spirit to teach you the Bible. So Gary's up here, Josh's up here, Miguel's up here, Jacob's up here, and we're up here teaching you the Word of God, and God said, boys, that ain't enough. Until I show them, they're never going to get it. Right? They're never going to understand there's something wrong. So it takes the Holy Spirit doing it. So one more thing, let me run this through you. And this is so eye-opening to me. This is so clarifying. If you'll just allow me to read it. I know a lot of scripture reading this morning. Matthew 13, uh, Jesus talking about the parables. Listen to this, what he says. If you would, without me having to take a lot of time, if you would, every time we come to the words um, where where it speaks about hearing and the heart and all that, if if you realize he's talking about they're not understanding, so it says, uh, therefore speak I to them in parables because seeing they see not and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. So they're hearing the words, but they're not understanding. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. Exactly what we were just talking about. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes are, are, they are closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their hearts and should be converted, and I should heal them. Blessed are your eyes, for ye... For they see, and your ears, for they hear. Do you get that, people? Do you get that there are people who hear the word of God, and they don't hear the word of God? And this scripture said, if you can understand the word of God, 
you are blessed because there's a lot of people who can't, right? Now, I want you to pay, I know this is a familiar uh, uh, scripture here, but let me read this real quick to you. The, the, the parable of the sower, Jesus told it, now he's going to explain it. Pay close attention to what this says. <clears throat> This is the explanation of the, of the parable of the sword. And what one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. And he that receiveth the seed in stony places is the same as he that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it. And yet hath not rooted himself, but endureth for a while. And when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. And he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and it choke out the word and becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth the seed into good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, which bringeth forth some a hundred and some sixty and some thirty. All, all four of those things, all four of those types of soil they all heard. But did you get there was only one that understood? The first one heard, didn't understand. Second one heard, didn't understand. Third one heard, didn't understand. Brother Richard asked sometime back in one of our classes or something, he said, do you think, which one of these do you think went to heaven, which one? I think the first three didn't go to heaven. I think they heard it, but they didn't understand it. But the fourth one, not only did they hear it, the same thing, by the way, they understood it. And when they understood it, everything changed. And I, and I would like to present to, this morning that the way they heard it is with the Spirit of God. <clears throat> so we will not understand the Bible without the Spirit, and we will not desire to change without the Spirit. So real simply, just to boil it all down, make this as simple as I possibly can, if I could just ask one question this morning to you guys. What does a spirit-filled life look like? What does a spirit-filled life look like? And again, we've heard a lot of people say a lot of things. What does it look like to be filled with the Spirit? Can I just give you a real simple definition? You're living out the Word of God. It's just that simple. Doesn't matter if you cry. Doesn't matter if you don't. Doesn't matter if you shout or raise your hand or run the aisle. Doesn't matter about any of that stuff. I'm not saying anything wrong with any of those things. I'm thinking those things are good sometimes, but that does not prove. Because if you run the aisles and shout hallelujah, but you're not living out the Bible, you're not spirit-filled. Can I get an amen? You're not spirit-filled. But if you're spirit-filled, your life looks like the Bible. You're living out the Bible. And that's the plan, guys. That's the plan. And, and, and here's what we have to understand. Our preaching is not going to get that done. Uh, our learning the Word of God is not going to get that done. What's going to get that done is, is us understanding that, that we need the Spirit. So, <clears throat> we have a hearing problem, and now we have a hearing aid that will help us to hear, to hear as we need to. So, now we have to ask the question, how do we turn on the hearing aid? So, you could go buy yourself a hearing aid. You can't hear good. You can buy yourself a hearing aid. You can leave those hearing aids on the shelf all the time. How much good will they do you? Do you a bit of good. You cannot put batteries in them. They'll not do you a bit good. If you don't put them in and turn them on, not going to help you a bit, right? So we're asking, how, and again, I'm not trying to be irreverent, trying to give you something you can understand, but how do we turn on our hearing aid, the Holy Spirit, and allow it to work in us? Bessie said something Wednesday that really kind of stuck out to me. <clears throat> we were talking kind of on this, this subject, and we said we need to pray for the Holy Spirit. 
But we have to recognize that we need to pray for the Spirit. All right? It's because we yeah, we got to pray for the Spirit. No, we got to recognize, listen, we, we need to stop right now, put the brakes on, park this thing, and say, until the Spirit comes, we can't do what we're supposed to do. We, we are completely inadequate to have church here or do anything we're called to do without the Spirit. So we need to ask for the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and what we're trying to show the picture of is humility. Josh talked about humility in Sunday school. But humility is the acknowledging, hey, we can't do this. It, it is the bowing ourselves down and saying, no matter how hard we work, no matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, we're always going to be uh, living out, uh, uh, giving into the flesh until we say, God, I can't do this. I need you to take over and do it for me. So we need humility to turn on our hearing aid. We need to, that, that confession, that understanding, I can't do this, I'm not able, I'm broken, and I need you to fix me. Um, <clears throat> we need to ask for understanding. You know, the Bible says if you lack wisdom to ask, and God will give it to, uh, give it to uh, um, liberal and he'll it not. What does I say? If you don't understand, God can give you an understanding. The uh, Bible says, uh, 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 lean not on your own understanding. Uh, in all that ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Don't lean on your understanding. Acknowledge God and do what he says. The Bible has much to say about us asking for understanding, asking for wisdom, asking for him to show us. You know, the, the, there's, the, me and Renee have this conversation all the time in our house. But how many of you believe that God still shows us things? How many of you believe there's a lot of people who say that God showed them something that didn't happen? <laughs> there is the problem. See, I believe God shows us things. I believe God can give us direction. He can give us understanding. He can give us leadership. He can prompt us to do things. I believe that. But I've been in church so long, but Charles, I've heard when someone stands up and says, Lord, show me, I'm thinking, oh, no, what are they going to say? Because most of the time it's something terrible, right? But but we ought to come to a place, and Sand Hill Church, we need to come to a place where how great would this be? Listen to me, guys. Listen, how great would this be? How great would it be at Sand Hill if one of our people who have understood the Bible and the Spirit would stand up and say, God, show me something. Say, I want to listen to this because this is going to be good. They understand what it is to listen to this. Are you guys getting this? Instead of all this craziness that we blame God for, what if we, what if we come to a place where when someone of us say, God, show me something, we say, but I'm going to listen to that. That's going to be, that's going to be something from God. Because I believe God does show us things. And I believe he does give us understanding. But I believe we've not, not, we've not understood how to utilize that tool of God showing us. <clears throat> and guys, I, I hope this isn't uh, applied to anybody here. But you know, you can say, I don't understand the Bible. You can pray for understanding. You can, you can try to act humble. You can do all things you're supposed to. <clears throat> but if you're not obeying, you have a hard time hearing the Spirit. See, I think sometimes we cut off the Spirit because we don't obey. And why would God reveal more truth to you if you haven't obeyed the truth He's already revealed to you? And a lot of people want to grow in their spiritual life, but if you're not obeying what you already know, why would He give you some more, right? So you got to obey. So we got to humble ourselves down, recognize we need. We have to ask for understanding, and we have to obey the Spirit, do what it says. And 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 here's kind of what the message is about this morning. In the Sand Hill Church, we need to give priority to biblical spirit. 
And, and guys, I'm just saying that this, this could be a next level thing. This could be a, 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 a new chapter at Sand Hill. But the preachers, the pastor, all of you guys, everything we do, we need to start saying, Spirit, we need you to come. I need you to help me preach. You need him to help you listen. We can't do this without the Spirit. And the Bible, you guys know I'm a big Bible guy. You guys know that I'm going to push it until the day I die. I'm going to push the Bible. I'm not backing up one inch on that. I believe in preaching the Bible. But I'm just simply saying this, after all these years of being here, we can't, we can't do this without the Spirit. It will take the Spirit to change who we are. And, and, and as I look around, I'm done. As I look around, this message, I think God's been preparing this message. Um, as I said, me and Josh didn't have a conversation about any of this. And a lot of things that's been said by you guys is leading us to this place. And I see so many in this church. I see, I see those in this church who have been doing things for years and years and years. All of a sudden, their personality is changing. You know what that is? It's the Spirit of God. I see people in this church who sat under message after message and say, Wow, that was great. First time I ever heard that. That is the Spirit of God. I see the Spirit of God working, and, and, and God has worked in my heart, and God has worked in Josh's heart. I hope God is working in your heart. I think he's bringing us to a place where now we need to say we're not going on without the Spirit of God. Listen, guys, this is what the Bible teaches. It is the only way we can live a holy life, and that is with the Holy Spirit revealing to us and enabling us to be what God wants us to be. Amen? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus... If you are blessed this morning, or if you're watching us online, if you are blessed to understand that you're not saved, you are very blessed. Because there are people who are on their way to hell and they don't realize it. But if God has been gracious and God has been merciful and God has been kind and he's opened your eyes and you say, you know what, I've never been saved, then you are blessed. You are greatly blessed. And the opportunity is there. The Holy Spirit has, has spoken to you and opened your eyes and showed you that you're lost. Today is the day to say, I'm not going to waste that blessing. I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.